All right, Matt. So uh, I'm going to spare your viewers. My, my sunburn nose, it looks like a burnt piece of bacon. I got all sunburned, so That's I'm going to be, I'm rocking the shades, baby. All good. Yeah, do it. Go for it. I just pushed the filter button and it just popped these on real quick. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's, that'll work. Um, all right. Uh, what's up, everybody? Man, what's up, everybody? Welcome to my uh, my podcast, uh, Butch Escobar Podcast. I didn't have a name, so I just went with uh, Butch Escobar Podcast. Uh, again, this is a very new podcast for me, and I didn't really come up with a format. And uh, so I just figured I'd start shooting and forge a format through that. Uh, so one of the things I wanted to do when I first started a podcast, or actually one of the podcasts I wanted to do was introduce people that I know to um, my following, um, like people that I think are the most interesting people that I know. And, and, and I have a pretty good following. I have some pretty rad people that, that uh, are lovers of arts and entertainment. And again, um, I'm bringing out some artists and some entertainers and other people. Uh, this is Frankie Franco. Um, and he is my favorite artist in the whole wide world. And, oh, and to give you guys a back background or back uh, backdrop of what, what I'm talking about, this is, uh, I think this is one of my, this is my favorite painting that I've ever seen, period. I'm a huge Cheech and Chong fan. Uh, yeah. I've been a fan of your art since I started hanging out at Chacho's. I didn't even know who you were. Um, yeah, I know, man. And like you, and then like I, my dad bought this for my birthday before I met you. And then yeah. we were at a festival or something and we, and I ran into you and we started talking. And yeah. right outside my apartment was the festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then do you remember that? You came, you came yeah, upstairs yeah. and he autographed it for me. And oh, nice. When was that, bro? What is that? 2000 what? 2013. 13. Damn. Yeah, dude. You know, if you would ask me about that, I would have said it was like four or five years ago, dude. Right. You know I know. Mean? That's crazy, dude. Like, you know what I mean? yeah, man, that was fun, man. Uh, your, that was your pops' place, huh? He had he had that big went uh, living in that skyscraper. Yeah. <laughs> he lived in that that luxury apartment that had that huge window. Yeah, that. Was Pimping, man, I could just watch with the whole festival just walk by from the from uh, from the yeah. window, man, from their wall, I guess. You know, you don't realize what you got until it's gone, and that apartment is one of the things oh, in really? my life. Oh, I've, dude, those things are, those things are probably worth hella. I mean, they're probably super expensive right now. I'm sure they're expensive back then. I can imagine now. You know what's crazy, dude? Is I live in a eh, kind of a junky two-bedroom apartment in Berkeley. Right. And I pay exactly, no, I pay $150 more than my dad was paying at the time for that apartment. Yeah, at the time. Actually, that's that's the like the old thing. Yeah, no. <laughs> it, okay. it, it, was a, it was a rad time, though, and I'm glad I got to experience it. Um, yeah, man. I think me and my dad both were like, eh, let's see, let's see how the other half lives. And then right, we both right, right. realized, uh, this is way too expensive. We better get the fuck out of here. Yeah, but how's your father doing, by the way? He's doing great. He's doing great. He's going to be one of the people on the podcast that I have. Really? Yeah. He, um, he, that's, that's a guy who has an interesting story. He was in Vietnam, and he right. almost made it to pro ball and all kinds of cool stuff. And he got to yeah, yeah, man. I, before, I met you, I, before I met you, I chatted it up with your dad for a long time. That's why it was weird, because like, I felt like I had already kind of known your dad. 
and you know, real quick, just from chatting up with them, we just started clicking too. And uh, that's why when, when I was, I remembered your dad right away. I was like, yeah, yeah, we chatted up for a while. He's one of my early customers too. That's what I've, I think it's, I think I was like in my third year of actually being a vendor. Yeah. Early. He was a I've big... been doing it for like 10 years now, dude, uh, on the street, street vending. I'm doing less of it though now. Let me ask you something. Um, were you, I mean, were you always an artist? Were you always artistic like this? Or was it something that you stumbled into and was like, oh, I'm not too bad at this? Uh, I, I had it in me when I was um, a, a kid. And uh, so when, my, when, I, when, uh, when I was 10 years old, man, my, well, well, here's what happened. I, I kind of was like, no, like a gifted little artist as an as a elementary kid, you know, kindergarten and shit. But, uh, and I took some classes and stuff, but my mother passed away when I was 10 years old, man. Okay. And I stopped drawing and didn't realize that it was because of her from the time I was 10 to the time I was 17. But, and, and I, I just, and I, that's when I started to uh, mess up in school and all that too, man. And it wasn't until my senior year when I was like, hey, man, I got to do something with myself. You know what I mean? What am I going to do? If I could do anything. And then I remembered that I could draw. I knew that in my head that I could draw, but I didn't, I wasn't really doing it, man. And right. uh, it was like my senior year in high school. And I got into comic books, man. I was really into comic books back then. And uh, so that got me into reading, man, and looking up words in the dictionary and shit. Like, it it kind of woke up, woke me up again, uh, you know, around that age, you know, about 17. And, and then I started drawing and painting again. I realized because it was my, something about my mother's death, bro. I just stopped doing it. And right. I just tried to be a cool kid. I, I used to be like this little nerd kid. And from the time she passed away till I was, you know, I was just trying to be the cool kid. And it wasn't until I took some classes at a junior college, man, that, that I it just it got good to me, you know? You just woke up to it again. Yeah, so I, I, I didn't, you know, and I hung around with a lot of graffiti artists, man. Shout out to the Lord's crew, nice. you know, back in the death. But we were the first ones that were actually out there doing it, man. I mean, this was in the 80s, bro, you know what I mean? Right. And so this was before, you, we, asked, we used to have to rack lids, you know, caps, and switch them around. We didn't have all the colors that they did. We were like the pioneers of that stuff. But the only reason I, ha I hung out with them is because they were the graffiti. They were the other artists, right? They were, right. They were like a community of people that were doing similar stuff and appreciated. Even though, I, so I used to do more of the characters. I wouldn't really, I wasn't into the whole hip hop. I mean, I love hip hop, but I wasn't the whole letter style, dude. I was like the character and then you bust the, the letters around the characters. You know? And I still, I still hook up with the crew, you know? Well, you, uh, you said this was out of Modesto? Yeah, this was in Modesto. I grew up in a little town called Empire right outside of Modesto, literally across the tracks. Yeah, I know exactly where that's at. Yeah, so um, uh, I grew up there, but so Modesto, man, but you know what I mean? So this was in the in the, in the 80s, man, mid-80s, late 80s, and early 90s, you know? We're, right. we're graffiti. That's, that's how I started getting into murals now. I used to use spray paint back then because that's the only thing I knew. You know, now I do everything with a brush, but, you know. That's the, I, that's the thing that I always... Um, you know, I always wonder about, because, um, I mean, I'm a comic and our mediums do cross over with um, acting and stuff like that, but we don't, we're, as far as performing arts, you, there's there's limitations, but I feel with art, you you could cross over from brush painting to spray painting, Yeah. Um, and was, was that an easy transition or was that, yeah. uh, was that yeah. something that you had to work on? Well... Like, put it this way, like, I hadn't graffitied in, in, like, like a decade, right? And uh, now with all the new caps and stuff that they have and and the colors that you can buy, and and it's like, uh, and, and then because I'm a better painter, I, I was a better graffiti artist. But right. I was a better spray can artist, right? Be because I, I, 
I can bring those, I can cross usual skills. But I have, I have experience in both, but I, I was able to take my, my, my knowledge and apply it to the, the graffiti part. So I was able to do some cool stuff. Um, so what, what do you think made you better? Graffiti art made you a better painter or painting made you a better graffiti artist or? I would say it, would make, it made me a better spray paint artist. I, I don't really consider myself a graffiti artist. Okay. But, but I, I will use spray cans if, when, when I have to or when it calls or, you know, if we're fucking around or whatever. But I, I'm all about trying to, um, you know, I got, I got a family. I got to make a living. Sure. And, and so I, I, I usually pretty much stick to the brush because um, I get paid more for those. The paintings last longer. Right. So, um, but I still, I have that like... Um, like that graffiti attitude towards work, like I but like 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 when I make a mural, I bust a mural just like you would bust a piece, right? I'm still right, like sure. I'm still making a statement, but I'm not doing it through the, the language of graffiti or hip hop. I'm doing it through my own kind of idiosyncratic way that I created. Now when I when visual. when I met you or when I first discovered who you were, um, it was in San Jose and it was at the old Chachos. And right. I, I used to go in there, and I love chachos. It's good food. But I literally yeah. would go in there just to stare at your, your murals. Thank you, man. And your, and your paintings. Yeah, um, how did that come about? How did you end up getting discovered? And was that, like, the biggest turnover that you had at the time? Or were you yeah, already, like, that, that, cracking off? That mural, that mural kind of uh, put me on the map, uh, sort of say. You know what I mean? Um, I was already doing stuff for him. Like, I, he had another club. George, uh, the owner of Tachos, had a club called Blue Monkey. But it wasn't really my style, you know. I, um, that place, that that was a spot because what, what happened was people kept asking me if I was a Chicano artist. Like, oh, do you make Chicano art? And I'll be like, what the fuck's that supposed to mean? You know right. I mean? I, I am, <laughs> like, whatever I do is Chicano, right? But I wasn't trying to get pigeonholed, you know. It's like being a Chicano king of comedy or whatever the hell. You know what I mean? I didn't want to be like that. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. But but I'm down. I just, I'm a human. But I'm still down for, like, my gente. You know what I mean? I'm still Chicano. Yeah, all the way, bro. But I wasn't um, focused. I didn't want to get pigeonholed. So so many people were uh, hitting me up on that. I was getting paid to do this mural. They let me do whatever I want, right? right. I was not even high, but, you know, they fed me. They kept me drunk. And, you know, we partied. We had a good time. But, but. But I go up, just let me do what I want. So I went to the, I got tired of that question. So I go, I'm going to paint this painting one time. And anybody wants to see it, call me, call me out on my Chicano. They can go look at that. I don't got to go, go prove myself a thousand times, right? Right. So, so I went to the Chicano Studies Library up at the uh, MLK Library in downtown San Jose. It was fairly new at the time. Right. And across the street for the new chachos, kind of, actually. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, that, that library is huge. It yeah, is crazy huge. They have a whole level just to, to Chicano studies, a whole floor. Amazing. So I hung out there. I don't even, you know, I just hung out there for like a weekend, you know what I mean? Because this is kind of like free. Internet was there, but that wasn't the best place to do your research, you know what I mean? There wasn't sure. a lot of stuff yet. So I went into, into, I think this was 2004, man, 2003, you know? Went in there and uh, I just started um, like absorbing everything, going through all the books. And, you know, I, I'd already had a little bit of a background, and, you know, as far as just being a Chicano. So I, I speak Spanish, so I, you know I was able to understand a lot where a lot of this was coming from. But, but I kept seeing images, works by uh, Frida Kahlo, and this Day of the Dead thing. And I didn't get raised around Day of the Dead stuff. You know what I mean? It was that wasn't part of our culture. Uh, um, it is now. I celebrate it now because I, I'm part of it. I've adopted it, I guess. Well, it's a little it's, bit. It's a. I, I feel also. I because I didn't either 
and yeah. I I didn't even know what that was until you know I saw it in movies and stuff. Yeah. Um, and now it's a little bit part of more mainstream culture yeah. for us, which is great. I love that. Yeah. And, no, and from at the time it was a Posada. There was this artist named Posada from Mexico, Jose okay. Posada, who did these little woodcuts, uh, and he was selling for a penny. They were called pennies or something like that. The the, the magazine. They were just like handmade woodcuts, bro. They'd carve out. And he did all these little muerto characters. It's kind of where we this whole um, uh, language of kind of muerto art stems from this guy. Oh. He, he, he was actually Diego Rivera, the Mexican muralist. Uh, that was actually his teacher when he was a kid. Wow. You know what I'm and he's actually one of his paintings. So I kept seeing his work. So that mural was was uh, was kind of a it wasn't a bite, but it was like a homage because I could also call it um, uh, 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 Posada's Revenge, right? So I took this little woodcut that he did. It was like, you know, this big, you know what I mean? Black and white and really cartoony. And I try to make something a little bit more uh, realistic. Actually, I got a copy of it hung up right here. Let me see if I can flip this around. Sure. And, uh, and uh, see if we can, uh, I can show you what we're talking about. Okay, that one up there. That's the wood carving. Well, no, no, this is actually a, a print of that mural that I made. Okay. Oh, there's the mural that you made. That's the one in Chacho's. Exactly, exactly. That's the yeah, one that is amazing. That I love that mural, man. I could stare at that thing for hours. Dude, there, there was, there was a, a place that went above and to the right. I mean, the originals was not, it doesn't exist anymore, but the original was, you know. How does that make you feel? Because I, I um, you know, like I, I remember when Chachos, the original Chachos had shut down. Yeah. And, right. and you, your all your stuff was basically entombed in there and it would stay yeah, there for a long time that chachos stayed there for as long as i lived in san jose and right. i'm assuming it's gone now but how, how yeah. does that how does it make you feel to have that i mean that those art pieces were beautiful but they were on the wall like how does it feel to not have those exist anymore all right so a couple things it sucks people have asked me this question before but you know what, dude? I sucked at the time, man. Compared to, like, I was embarrassed of my own work at that time. Really? So that, yeah. So that's one, one thing. I mean, everybody else loved it. But me, personally, the, the standard that I had for myself, yeah, it, it was below. But I got to learn so much, man, doing that. And it brought right. me a lot of attention and popularity as an artist. I mean, I started basically being able to make a living as an artist. So no matter what, it was worth it. What's that? Oh, yeah. Not- it was more worth it. But, but the thing is, it's like, did you, you, you know, you see Michael Jackson do his moonwalk right back in, in the 80s, right? Oh, 82, yeah. Right? And it, it was like, I don't know if you were, you watched that when you were a kid, right? On Motown, whatever. And Michael Jackson wanted to spin, he tells you how he wanted to spin five times, a slide. He wanted to, but he, but he never, um, he wasn't able to pull it off in 82. But yeah. then, like, you look at him in the 90s, and he's just sliding all over the place. And, and he, spinning. He mastered, he mastered it, right? Yeah. So we that that show, the nineteen eighty two thing was a perfect dance. It wasn't. It's, there's all kinds of flaws if you look back at it compared to how perfect he got later, right? Right. It's that same kind of thing for me, bro. Like it's it's giving me space to get good and to practice and to, that's that's you know, interesting though because like I feel like comics, you know, for me as a comedian, um, you know, like I, I remember movie. having shows where people would go, I remember this show and it was fucking awesome and yeah. you were rad. Or yeah. like I remember, like when people would come up after a show and tell me I was really good, or you were the better comic, or whatever. Right. And I go look back at the tape, and it is garbage to me. And yeah, because it's 
because all we as artists, I feel like all we look at is the, is the bad, right? Like we we forget the, about the good parts that we did, right? Because we're right. so focused on our craft. And it's it's like when I make a painting too. Sometimes I don't look at it for a long time, like I hate it, and then I'll come back to it, and I'm I'm like, because I've forgotten about because um, I'm only looking at what I need to fix to make better, right? That's all right. I see. But once the job is done and I walk away and I leave, all I see is the good stuff. Right. So I get to, um, and also the, as far as like your friends who saw you in the show, it's like, it's like the, um, the, the good, um, they remember the good stuff, man. And sometimes the memory of something is better than the actual reality too, right? Right. So that's how I'm hoping these paintings that don't exist. Do you anymore. feel like, um, though, the fact that you focus on the negative looking back sometimes makes you a better artist? Yeah. That, it, because that if you, you were only satisfied with what you did, you would just be like, I'm good. Yeah, you'd be stagnant, dude. You would never grow. And for right. me, dude, I, I've grown in leaps and bounds. That's one thing for sure that I know. Like, I don't care, like, financially or how famous or, or whatever the situation gets. As long as I'm practicing my hand all the time, it's like I, I know that um, I still have it. You know what I mean? That, that, that it's there. The magic is there. Because I'm getting better. It's like a spiritual practice. Right. right. Do, so you, it's, it's, do you still beat yourself up over current oh, stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah, all the time. I, all the time. I'm never satisfied with it. But I feel like you have to be that way as an artist. I do, I, too. But looking yeah, at but, you from the outside, I, I mean, I look at all your paintings. You know, I follow you on Instagram and everything, and every piece is flawless you know everything I, and so i and i know that because i was an artist myself i know that i look at myself and if i have a really good set like i'll come off stage even now and i'll be at the punchline and i'll completely smash it according to other people wow. but when i get off stage and if my girlfriend's there or my friends are standing by and they're like man that was amazing I, in my mind i'm like dude really because i fucking hated it i hated myself on stage or i didn't like this or there's so many that i things i could have corrected yeah because because you're, you're 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 shooting for an ideal right right and so am i right I, I i the guys that i'm comparing myself to are fucking like geniuses you know what i mean mm -hmm. like i have to and and that's also what will separate you from your peers like i asked myself that one time what like I have a lot of artists that are good. I have a lot of friends that are, that are dope. A lot of friends, are, you know, same age or whatever. A lot of those, but what separates me from those guys is I have a, I have a, a what do you call it? I have a higher standards for them. You know what I mean? Right. And it, it, it's a two-edged sword because that's going to make you good, but it's going to also drive you crazy because you're going to be always trying to get better. You know what I mean? Because you're never going to be satisfied. And the day you become satisfied is the day that you fall off, right? Or right. you stop growing. You stop evolving right so it's like this you have to fall in love with the process of it and doing it being up like you were so you have to be up on the mic the more you do it the better you're going to get right right even these podcasts dude i'm like a better interviewer now because i've done a lot of podcasts you know what i'm saying yeah totally totally yeah everything takes practice yeah. um yeah i have a friend right now who's who was up until like about a month ago, struggling. He makes great videos. He makes these great viral videos. Right. Every time he puts one out, he gets about 30,000, wow. at least 30,000 views. Wow. And, you know, one of the things is that we, I keep trying to tell him and other people keep trying to tell him was like, dude, you got to keep putting them out. And because he wasn't putting them out on a weekly basis. He was just putting them out whenever he could. He had one that he really liked. And I know he was working every day and he was filming right. every day. 
But he was like, no, that one sucked. I didn't want to put that one up. And, or, and I even got to see a couple of them because I was in them. And yeah. I was like, what's up? Are you putting that video up? He goes, no, it was terrible, man. You know, and, and, and at some point, I, me and him both realized, because I'm also a budding videographer or person right. who puts up videos, um, just like comedy, I had to go up and suck and be bad yeah. and do open mic after open mic until I got better. And, right. you know, and, and it was literally like, and I always tell people like, like comedy, I feel like art in general is like golf. Um, right. And I don't like golf. I'm not a big golfing fan, but I remember because my dad golfed, he would say the only way to get better at golfing is to go out and play, not just hit the range, not just practice hitting the balls. Yeah. You have to go and get on a course and play the game itself over and over. And, right. and I feel like art is just that. You can't be a great painter unless you actually start putting paint to the canvas. Yeah, miles and miles and miles of canvas too, bro. Miles of canvas. Do, yeah, do miles you of canvas before you become a painter, you know? And that goes for me too. I, I can tell you this. I was I, I, I'm barely seeing myself as a painter. That let's say that was uh, fifteen years ago when I did those. Let's just say a little bit more. Um, and what do you call it? I, I I wasn't a painter back then. I was learning how to be a painter back then. Ah, yeah. You know, so today I, I, I see myself as a master painter. And I, I, I don't, I mean, people tell me that also. It's not oh, like yeah, I, no, yeah, I would not. But, but I wouldn't get that it. for any. I feel it in, inside me. You know what I mean? It's not even about saying it. It's about doing it. You know right. I mean? and, and so I, I, I can see, and, and this is me being highly critical of myself. I can call myself that and know that. I have respect amongst master painters. You know what I'm saying? So sure. those, those are my peers. Even though I'm not like famous or, 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 or you know, that kind of thing or where it should be at or whatever. I, I'm still a badass painter. You know yeah, I mean? no, I, I feel I feel you on that. And I remember being a younger comedian thinking like only the best are famous and known people. And, 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 and some connections too. Come sure. On. But if, I've reached if we, were, if we were down south, you and I, I bet you we our careers would be a different, better place. I, I, I agree with you. And my circumstances have kept me where I'm at. No, but I love it. I love Norman. I love it. Yeah. But I'm I actually I'm not, I'm not chasing fame and fortune anymore yeah, because well, one of go. the things that I realized too was like, uh, I don't know what the equivalent of a master painter is to a comedian, but I am, I feel that I am that. I feel that I'm a good joke writer. I feel that I'm a great performer. Yeah, I think you're dope, dude. You're, you're, you're badass, bro. Thank dude. you. Thank you. Um, if, you get, if you get paid to do what you do, bro, that, that right there already, that makes you a professional right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, what was your, um, you know, when you were growing up, and obviously, like you said, you had stopped at some point, you know, uh, doing art and drawing and stuff. Did you have any inspiration or what did it just come out of your head once you started doing it again? Oh, no, no. Um, so this is funny, man. So like names like Picasso, you know, Leonardo, Da Vinci, like, I didn't even know who the hell those people were until I was already eight, like 19, 20 years old, bro. You know right. Like those names didn't even mean anything to me. And uh, it wasn't until I, I was old, so I, I fell in love with it. I, it's it's kind of cool, though, because because um, I fell in love with art late, is that I became like a little kid about it at a, when, at a good time. Yes, you know I mean? yes. I, you know what I mean? It wasn't just like something like cliche or something I had heard. It was new and exciting for me. I also started to look at, um, because I was taking classes, I started going to looking at books, right? So I started looking at artists like Michelangelo and, Everybody, bro. I, the whole gambit, bro. I, 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 and I would just go hang out in libraries. 
Right. I just go find books and try to just every I wanted to know who every single artist was. So for me, that was um, I I don't know what's your question again. I forgot, but that was really um. Uh, who is your who like who like basically who inspired you? Okay, so and then I was so I was big on Salvador Dali at the time. I think a lot of people, young people, are because he's kind of like a bridge between like funky art, skateboard kind of shit. Like right. you know what I mean? Like 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 lowbrow. To, to high art. He's kind of like a bridge between us. Absolutely. Like, I agree with you on that. Well, yeah, I think that's why he's dope and, and, and as far as like uh, for young people. Even now, I still think he's dope. Well, yeah, I think he had the um, transition of like uh, classical art. Yeah. And and he also had like uh, like that's a very, surrealism. yeah, surrealism. Yeah. And and that's the thing is like surrealism to me is always timeless in the eyes of of the culture of the um, of the counterculture. You know, like because it is not what is real, and it is not what is here, and and so you're able to look at it at all points at any time in in, in right. the world and go, that is absolutely different, and, yeah. and it's radical at the same time. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I I also had a professor, man. There was like one oil painter that I knew who was a professor at the junior college. His name was Dr. Richard Service. Now he he kind of took me under his wing too when I was when I was uh, in my early 20s. We didn't like each other at first, and then we ended up becoming hella cool. He became like a father figure for me. But he was the only dude that I knew that could paint, and he taught himself how to paint because he was an art historian. He's got his PhD in art history. Okay. But he had studied the masters, and so he was like, he had learned their techniques through, um, you know, through his studies of art history and studying Renaissance masters. Now, what so about you? Had, oh, go ahead. He, so he, he was my first kind of instructor as far as like oil painting was concerned. What, on a classical level, you know, but he was self he was self taught. He wasn't like a, you know, like a right. Uh, that's what I was going to ask you. What about you? Did you? I know you said you went to school, but did you learn um, technique, or did you just learn theory, or did you learn both okay. and then okay, apply so, it? So I was um, again. I came out of kind of comic book graffiti kind of stuff, right? Animation kind. Of, I was kind of in that realm. That's what kind of got me started and uh, interested, in, and then. And then um, that, then I started going to the school because I wanted to get better. And they kind of, the teachers were like, dude, you don't want to do this comic book stuff. You need to do this. You're too good to be doing this kind of stuff. You need to get into fine art, which you can just do whatever you want. You know what right. I mean? Kind of thing. And um, so that was, um, that was important. That was key right there. But what was your question? I'm sorry, brother. <laughs> keep, um, no, no, no. It's all good. Um, I'm, dude, I, I smoke weed, so I totally feel you. I, I smoked one up before I got it. <laughs> yeah, <good>. man. <laughs> Me too, bro. No, I was just, uh, I was asking what you're, where, what you, basically what I was asking is what you took out of school when you went to school. Oh, okay. So, dude, so I started entering, I ended up getting under this teacher's wing. He invited me, he was working on his uh, doctorate and to get his PhD. So he needed an assistant to go with him to Europe, dude. And I had just finished all his art history classes. I was, I, 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 when I went to JC, dude, school got good to me. High school, I fucking hated. I was like a fifth-year super student, dude. I barely graduated. Yeah, I fucking hated high, high school. But when I got to junior college or community college or whatever, dude, it got good to me. Like, I started to become that nerd part of me that when I, before my mother had passed away, had woken up. And I realized that I was bright, you know what I mean? And I, I was, like, smarter than most of those fuckers. And so I ended up going with them to Europe. He put me and, and we went to 10 different countries, 27 cities. Wow. Dude, we looked at everything. So I was exposed to all the history, European from ancient, you know, uh, uh, Paleolithic stuff all the way to like today. You know what I mean? Like the latest art from a doctor. So I was his assistant. 
so then from there, I got a full ride to, um, I, I applied to all these schools. You got to apply to all these schools. I, I applied to UCLA, uh, uh, UC Berkeley, uh, Santa Barbara. Dude, and I, I, I was like 26 already. I was like trying to go to my local uh, Stanislaus State. You know yeah, you're I mean? an old man at that point. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I got a full ride to Berkeley, man. And that, so there is where I got theory. So they don't they don't teach you how to draw and paint at Berkeley. They but but what's cool about Berkeley, at least when I was there, is that um, they were still they they were teaching new shit theory and, and, and new media, but they were you could still take a drawing class or a painting class. Except they, they didn't really teach you, it was just kind of go find yourself. Here's a big piece of paper, some charcoal, right. go find yourself. It was more of that kind of thing, but there was a lot of soul searching. Then I, I for, right after that I, I went to the New York Academy of Art. I want, I felt like I was old, so I got out of there as fast as I could. I got a, a minor in philosophy and it took me two years because I'd already done two years of college, junior college. Two years, then I jumped to New York Academy of Art and they had this one year accelerated program where we were the guinea pigs. And I was, um, I was, it was straight 17th century academic um, painting, dude, from French academic painting. So oh. I got the old, dude, we were even opening, I was, I went to Oxford, we cut open cadavers and we were cutting them open and, and drawing from dead bodies and stuff. I studied there for two months at Oxford. Did you just say cadavers? Cadavers. I don't you guys were like, you, so you guys were not just like giving pictures well, of shit and then made to paint it. You guys actually cracked open a dead body and yeah. painted it. Yeah, exactly, bro. Wow. I got a whole series of drawings based off of those, man. Do you keep, thing, that's the other thing. Do you keep all that stuff that you... Yeah, yeah, I got a file cabinet, man, full of just, like, old stuff. I, I use a lot. It's all organized now. I just got that shit ordered. But I, I show... Um, I have, you know, I, t I used to teach, and I still... I'm always teaching, and I I'm always open to that. So I got files of all, even my students' work, my stuff, old stuff. I use for examples and stuff. So, so yeah, I got all those crazy-ass... Uh, Drawings of dead people, man. It's, wow. a shit, man. it's very psychological. I mean, you're sitting there as a young person, uh, you know, working on your career with, next to a dead person, contemplating like, this is what I'm going to be too. One of these fucking days. sure. But, but but a lot of that. See, what's cool about that is a lot of that filtered into my work later with the, with the deal deal was worth the shit because um, I was also there in New York going to school when 9/11 hit. I was getting yep. blocked from there. Well, so oh, that's yeah. with my head, but I could see people jumping off. I could tell you for the guy or a girl. I mean, we. I mean, we were. It was just death, bro. That's for a whole year when I was in New York. That's what I was studying, drawing dead people, and it fucked with my psychology, dude. Like I became like a uh, what do you call it? the philosophers call it an existential crisis. Yes. Like, the concept of death kicked in, bro. Like I'm gonna die. Shit, it's gonna happen to me too. Shit, you know what I mean? Right. And it kind of put some fear in me. And and why aren't we talking about this? Why aren't we doing it? We're all gonna die. Shit, you know what I mean? It's gonna happen. It can happen right now. And uh, that that. That also part of that day of the death stuff. It was it was me going back to my culture, but it was also very cathartic and healing for me because it helped me uh, process a lot of this shit. You know what I mean? That uh, and I realized, man, you can't be thinking about it, death all the fucking time because you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna get depressed, man. You're not supposed to be, but in kind of a way, we're already dead. We're gonna be dead longer than we are alive. We're dying right now as we speak. Right, right. In the grand scheme of things, so. You cut, if you cut off your arm, your arm is dead, right? So you're, in a way, your body can animate this thing. Man. That's kind of what I realized, too. You got these bodies in front of you who, who are, you know, they're all there, but they don't work. Like, something was missing, you know? Sure. And, and so I realized that, you know I me, mean, uh, we have to focus on what's good in life, right? Being alive, what, what's important in this lifetime. And also hitting your goals, man. Like, life, life is short, man. So for me, it kind of lit a fire under my ass. And maybe, and, you know, not only that, but having, uh, having children as well. 
You know what I mean? So we, we got a short amount of time here. We got to do the best we can with it. What's important, man? So all these things started to kind of play. It, it, it's I had a really interesting evolution of how I became an artist and what kind of artwork I, I made. Because it wasn't just, it wasn't just my education, even though I had a, a really awesome, one of the best educations you could possibly get in the world. But it was, it was also my real life shit is, was all mixed up in it at the same time. And it was a complete opposite from someone who normally would get this college experience, right? And get to go and right. do those kind of things. Go to Oxford University, UC Berkeley, you know what I'm saying? Travel all over Europe and go and see, and still be a real Chicano Wato, you know what I mean? At the same time. But still down for my shit, still knowing where I come from. Are, um, do you find that people are surprised when they find out what your level of education oh, is? Oh, fuck yeah. They don't even want to fucking shit, man. I'll get arrested right now if I go out fucking out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? I swear to God, I will. And you know what I mean? So, and I tell this shit to people, man, look, dude, I, I, you know, dude, this is, I don't like saying this, but it's, I don't want it to come back and bite me ass. I think I have, I've had over 12 felonies, dude, that I've been, I've had to go to court over. Yeah. You know how many are on my record? Zero. Yeah. Do you know why? And I'm poor. I don't have no fucking lawyers or shit like that. You know right. why I'm zero? Because, because, because I was innocent, bro. And that's why I went to jail because I was standing up for my rights. Hey, you can't come here without a warrant. Oh, what motherfucker? Bam, boom, boom, boom. Here's. You know what I mean? Take these charges and that charge, you're going to jail. Because they think I'm a stupid Mexican and, and wasn't going to go do something about it. Sure. You know I mean? Just think about this. I've never, I'm not a drug dealer, dude. I don't sell drugs, dude. I don't do, I've never, I'm not a criminal. I don't, I've never done any fucking guy. But yet, the police, especially the San Jose, they've, they've been trying to put, lock me up for how, like, why? Why? What, what were they, what were they trying to charge you with? Oh, assaulting them when I got fucking sprayed in the mouth with mace, you know what I mean? Oh, wow. Just, just hanging out, you know what I mean? Get, you know what I mean? Just, you know what I mean? Fucking. How long were you in San Jose? What at what age did you come into San Jose? All oh, right, right when I graduated, man, from uh, the New York Academy of Art, I was uh, thirty years old, and okay. uh, I came. I came. So I spent my thirties in San Jose, my dirty thirties. Your uh, dirty thirties, yeah, in man. San Jose. In San Jose. Uh, so now, now going back to, cause like I, I feel you on the. Um, I don't want to be pigeonholed. I remember going back into comedy. And uh, I remember going into comedy and thinking, I am not going to pigeonhole myself. You know, uh, I grew up with the classic Chicano mother. Um, and I did, my father was not the classic Chicano father. He was a little bit more unorthodox, but he was, you know, but I did grow up around Chicanos and, well, and, and I easily could have used that as my comedy. And, and the only comic that I did know about was George Lopez and, right, right. and Paul Rodriguez. But I, George Lopez has that shit down. He's got that corner angle, that angle to the done with it. That's how I felt. I didn't, it's done. and you I didn't want to just do that because I was so inspired by other things in the world. Yeah, and and but when I got into comedy, it's weird how I drifted into what we we call it the uh, we call it the Beaner circuit. But right. I, I ended up drifting into that by accident. I, I think I'm down with the beater circuit too, bro. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm I think you know a lot of my boys. Yeah. 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 And and um, yeah, I'm sure you do. They're they're great admirers of your art. Um, but uh, I would say that when I look at your art, if I didn't know you and someone were to say that's Chicano art, I I would definitely agree with that. So, I mean, um, how did you end up not being... Becoming the kind of artist? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, where did you go? Because for me, it was like, okay. oh, dude, I resonate with these dudes. And I am a Chicano comic, but I don't yeah. do, like, Chicano comedy. Well, well here's... It's, it's, for me, it's pretty easy. Like, okay, so that's good. Good question, too, because it leads... It kind of continues the story 
going back to that mural that I did, that Chicano mural for Chachos. And I did after graduating, maybe like four years, and it was really healing for me through all that shit I was going through, you know what I mean, about death. I kind of got over it. You know I, mean? I healed myself in a way. Right. So anyways, so people kept asking me, like, they got more business because uh, of the mural. Just like you said, you would come in. People tell me this is what you said all the time. They go to Chachos to check out like the cultural experience, right? They go to- Yeah, Mar dude, that's what I would, I would, I mean, they're good food. They're not, yeah. they're not, I, I'm sorry. It's Shout food. out to Chachos, they're great it's food. food. They got good drinks, they got yeah. great drinks. Ah, oh, the bar is amazing. And it's food. Right, it's but, it, but food. my mom's is better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. I would go in there literally just to stare at that mural mostly. Yeah. So even the owner says that Chacho's is, is not about the food. It's an experience. It's a cultural experience. Absolutely. So, yeah. so that's so it works. So yeah, so people were going, people wanted to have their quinceanera parties there. They wanted to they wanted to do their thing there just so they could take pictures by the mural. Yeah. So, so, so business increased for them. That's what I try to tell these restaurant owners, man. I go, dude, I, I go, dude, if you guys want to be cheap, a lot of them are, you know, they don't got the money to be uh, paying for expensive murals, a lot of them. And uh, I go, you It'll bring you business, trust me. People want that culture, that handmade thing, because your food, you're representing handmade artisan food. Well, why don't you have some artisans on the wall as well? So I, I think that's a part of it. Well, yeah. when I go to the, the new one and your art's there, um, now I haven't been in a while because I don't live in San Jose anymore, but when I yeah. do get a chance, I meet, I meet up with a good friend of mine and we like to both eat at Chacho's. Um, yeah. It's funny because I feel like, oh, this is my friend's art. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel now it's like I'm at home because I'm with my friend. No, dude, I, I'm kind of, I, feel, I feel you on that one. Well, just because also the th cool thing about Chachos is, you know, the, the owners own clubs, different bars, like that. So there's a, a community, man, of people. There's a network of, of friends and homies right there, a family. Right. That, uh, they, they, they're, they're kind of, a, I always tell George, your family, the Sanchez, they're like a pillar in the community because, so many people are affiliated and associated that we've come together because of your establishments. You know what I mean? That we That's become, so true. We've become like family and friends in, in real ways. You know what I mean? That, you, you know, you, you're hanging out with the same people for 12, 15 years. You right. Know, people. And it's all because we're eating and hanging out at the same places. That is, you know, you know what? That is interesting that you say that because like my friend that I meet up with and I'm a comic yeah. and I feel like I'm one of the only professional comedians, you know, or I only have a handful yeah. of professional comedians that come out of san jose yeah and um um probably me being on the lower end but i meet up with i think he's the largest or you know probably the richest like um broker in in the uh, county and we both meet up there and it's yeah. interesting that you just said that because i have seen other artists that i know yeah. meet up there and yeah, it's just the vibe, dude, right? Yeah, and I think that it is the vibe. And honestly, man, I'm glad that George uh, created that. But, yeah. you know, when I walk in there, I see Chachos, of course, and I see George every once in a while. I've, I've met him a couple times. Yeah. But I go, this is Frankie Franco. You know what I mean? I'm in the den yeah. of, I'm, I'm like, like they got the, the Cheech and Chong uh, thing up there and they got the wall. It's, it's, and, and I love the wrestling stuff, too. That's that's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah, we're gonna do some more too now. Now that the, so he actually put me on his uh, damn payroll because uh, you know they got the PPP loans. So and they gotta basically pay people. Right. And uh, if they don't spend it, they gotta pay it back or something like that. So they don't really get the money, but they're not making enough business right now to hire. Right. Us sure. So, 
working on his payroll, so I'm doing a whole bunch of artwork right oh, now. Oh, that's amazing. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, man. I was like, put me on the fucking shoot. I'll work for you. I mean, you owe me money anyways. <laughs> Now, so, yeah. do you do now? Are you only doing Chicano style art, or do you still work no, on other? I'm still do. I'm trying. I try to avoid it as much as I can. But it's always <laughs> going to be there. It's always going to be a part of who I am. Right. And and I, I accepted it, man. And I appreciate. And I'm doing it in a way. I mean, I feel like I'm not being a stereotypical. I feel like I'm not being. I feel like I'm having fun with it and doing something new with it. So I feel like. Uh, it's, I, I like it now. And you know what, dude? Everybody does that. You, you look at, like, like there's no such thing as, like, Western art. That's basically white art, basically. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's, it's like another white culture, right? And, and it's, that's their culture. That's their thing. It's not even, because, you know what I mean? So if I try to go paint, like, some European painting, I'm painting white culture. It's, it's their culture, right? Right. And, and, and all the great artists, they always pull from what, what, what's, who they are, what's inside them. Those are the real artists. Their culture, they just happen to be white. We call it Western art. Sure. But you, look at, you look at you look at any painters, man. Iranian Persian painters, they paint Persian shit, and they get supported by the Persian people. You look at a lot of African American painters, they paint African American yeah. paintings, and people love them. They well, and I, I think that's the thing with art is that it's what resonates with you. You know, like yeah. um, it's your idiosyncratic shit. It's the shit who makes it your roots, bro. It's sure. And if you're not pulling from that. Then you're stupid. You know what I mean? I, so, I'm constantly surrounded by. Um, it's your ancestors too, bro. You're pulling from all that stuff, bro. Right, right, and that's the thing is that I'm constantly like, I'm surrounded by uh, America. Like I am, like I, you're I am American. I'm yeah, American. Yeah, but I mean, like I'm, I don't want to. I'm surrounded by white people all the time, right? And right. I love white oh, people, right. so I'm not one of those people who. I, I love white people. My girlfriend's white. Uh, her, her her kids are white. Her family's white. They're they're amazing people. I love um, white people. But the bit of culture that I do have left in this world is from my mom and my dad and sure. and and but, members but of my family. And I don't get to see. And when I see your art or when I see Chicano art, yeah. that's the thing. And I think that's why I would go sit in the restaurant because yeah. it would just automatically bring me back to that smell of beans and yeah. and, and, and hearing, <laughs> hearing, and even though it's in a Mexican restaurant. Everybody works smells like frijoles. Huh? But, but it, I, could hear my, I could hear my grandmother making food. I could hear Mexican music in the background. Right, right. Um, right. I could oh, hear the freeway to, next to her house. Chachos will get DJs in there. That they'll play like oldies and... That's one of the things that I like about them too. They'll play like that San Jose shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. That. They play they play Chicano music and they'll throw in some Vicente Fernandez. And, right. You know what I mean? So it's, it's very hybrid. And he said it because my restaurant is not a Mexican restaurant. He goes, it's, it's a hybrid. And my work is very much the same. I'm a hybrid of a lot of things. I'm an American, Mexican American. I'm a hybrid of those two things. That and that's is, yes. And, that and, is great. And, you know, back, back to where, when we were talking about the mural making, when, when when we were making these, when I was painting those murals, people were asking me, okay, can you give me one of these? Can you make me one? They were looking at the mural and commissioning me. Can you make me that section? Because there's so much details in there. Right? Can you do it? Next, you know, and I was all over the place because I had this this Berkeley training from conceptual to like academics, so the whole spectrum of art I loved. I was right. kind of not really knowing where I was at, you know what I mean? Or I loved finding my way, right? And when I started doing the... Uh, the uh when i started getting these different commissions all of a sudden i had a body of work right that was kind of day of the dead related and this is before anybody was doing it nobody was doing this shit bro maybe me and maybe two other people in the world right you know what I'm saying? and uh 
It was, but, but it only took a few years for it to get super popular after that. Now it's played out. I, I try not to do any. I still do the end of their stuff here and there just to keep the fans appeased. Right. But I try to work on other things that are not so um, – I've, I've kind of already searched that ground already, you know? What, what about your grind? Um, for for uh, You know, that I, I mean, I'm not saying you're not out of your grind, you know? I mean, but you are obviously now making money and you're obviously sought after a little bit. Um, yeah. But tell me about the years that you just were out there at festivals baking under the sun and just talking to people who are just jerking you off and then walking away and like having to get your name out there to yeah, start um, with. What were those times like? Because sometimes I don't think people see that in artists. I think yeah, they I call see it the, the, I call it the Francisco Franco studio street team out there, bro. But nice. It's the same thing as like those 94.9 motherfuckers out there. Well, you know what I mean? Fucking uh, with their bands and shit. You know what I mean? They're out there too. Totally. Chuy Gomez, I, I, you know, we hang out with, you know, he's out, out you know what I mean? He, he, even like State Farm Insurance is out there promoting. And I tell artists, like, for me, I, you know, I, one of the, my, what you, one of the monikers that I'm trying to create, right? I call myself the People's Painter because I am, dude. I was yeah. out there, I'm still out there on the streets with my face out there talking to people, talking to thousands of people, dude, still, you know what I mean? And I'm paying yeah. to be out there. Yeah, I'm making some money. Sometimes I make a lot. Sometimes I make a little. Sometimes I break even. Hardly. I mean, that's on the. You know, I try to make money, but either way, it's all good because I'm out there. Hey, I'm Francisco Frank, and I'm getting jobs out there. So I'm getting commissions. I'm getting right. uh, opportunities. I'm getting doors open. I mean, it's the same reason why uh, these real estate companies put up a booth at these events. You know so I mean? would, you even, that, would you say that? Would you say that even though sometimes you're up there and you're not making money? you're still it's still worth being out there because of oh the yeah it's always all good dude like i had this i give this one example i did this one festival that sucked dude and I, I always make money at these things and this one year it was the worst it was in los altos and dude i i don't i think i just broke even barely you know what i mean and i was like the whole weekend but still you're not really breaking even because you spent the whole weekend out there you know and it sucked man and i got this commission Maybe six months later, some guy came and he wanted this job. And it was an $8,000 gig, bro, for this big portrait that I did of his uh, sister who had passed away of cancer. And big, giant painting. And uh, I asked him, finally, I go, hey, you know, how did you find me? He was an Indian guy. And he, he owns some corporation out here, in, somewhere out here in the Bay. And he's, uh, he's uh, I met you at Los Altos. So oh. I go, we had a conversation. I don't remember talking to the dude. Kind of, you know what I mean? But dude, if I wasn't there, spending a couple hundred dollars to be there, I wouldn't have gotten this eight thousand dollar gig. That is, you know uh, that is so. So, you know what I mean? So, right. That is to me. That's a great example because, like, one of the things that I hope to get out of this podcast is having younger people or people who are looking to be inspired or people who are are in art themselves and are moving along. Um, you know, I. It's funny because I'll talk to people sometimes, and even comics who are in the business think that I'm constantly making money. You know, no, and, there, no. and there's shows where I just show up because I know it's going to be a great crowd, you know. Hey, 15 bucks off 50 bucks. Fucking. Fuck Sometimes yeah. I make zero money, bro. Sometimes yeah. I, I used to drive. You know, one of the stories that I try to uh, tell younger people, younger comics is like, I used to drive to, I, I, too, I, I performed with Joey Diaz. And um, a bunch I, love of, ideas, I was I was requested by him when he would come out here, yeah and, yeah. and 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 I got to know him when I was in L.A. because I would drive out to L.A. 
Yeah. And I would and, and I would hook up with my boy George Perez. Shout out to George Perez. Yeah, he's dope. Um, that one works too, bro. He's got a regular. Hey, George guy. Perez is one of the hardest working comics in the business. Dude, he's like a mover and shit. He's a mover, and, and when, then does his, his comedy on the fucking when he when on in between all that shit. And one of the things he told me was because I remember one night I'm sitting in the green room. Now I wasn't a fan of comedy when I first started, and um, I thought it was a ridiculous um, art form that people would go tell their problems to the world and get paid. Right. And so, uh, but I remember watching Joey Diaz when I was younger and thinking how amazing he was. And, yeah. and having the chance to, to just meet him was rad. And then I would see him over and over again while I was working out there with George Perez. Right. And one night um, he, he was sitting across from me in the green room and I know not to fuck with celebrities or, or try to chop it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's looking over at me and he's like, but Jessica, but Jessica, <laughs> How you doing, cocksucker? And I was like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, dude, Joey Diaz knows my fucking name. And I yeah. talked to George Perez about it later. And I said, what's it, dude? Fucking Joey knows who I am. He goes, yeah, he asked me about you. Because he was like, I seen this motherfucker, this cocksucker in uh, San Jose. And he's always up here in L.A. all the time. What are you paying this guy to come up here? And fucking uh, uh uh, George goes, I'm not paying him anything. He drives up here. He even gets his own hotel if he has nowhere to stay. And he does the shows for free. And I remember years later hanging out with Joey and every time he'd come around, he would request me to work with him. Yeah. And I go, why you fuck with me, bro? You know why? Like, man, like you're this big deal now, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. he's so big now, he has to fuck with even bigger deals. So, which is why I don't work right, with him. Right, right. Yeah, but, he's on Netflix and shit. Yeah, but he was <laughs> like, he goes, because you're a fucking soldier. And, yeah. I, and I remember that time you came up and he told the same story to me that George told me. And yeah. I was like, dude, that was the key. I didn't know I was hustling, bro. I was yeah, just yeah. fucking getting up just to get up. Yeah, yeah, but you're doing more than one thing. You're, you're, it's, that's what people don't understand. Get, just got to show up and be there all the time. You're, you're, you're practicing for one, right? Right. But you're also, you're also doing a lot of other things. You're, you, you might make a little money. You, you're going to meet. You're going to network. You're putting your face out there. There's nothing that'll beat that. Even this podcast. That's why I'm on here, bro, right now with you. I mean, because right. I love talking to you for one. For sure. But, 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 I mean, we have to do this, man. It's like a fucking cricket that just keeps making that little fucking sound. You know why their crickets chirp, right? To try, they're trying to get some pussy. Yeah. And, they're, and they're just chirping and chirping and chirping and chirping and chirping and chirping. And the motherfucker who chirps the most is going to get the pussy or whatever he's after, right? Yeah, get that cricket pussy. We just got to get it out there. And, and it's going to work. Eventually, something's going to happen. You know what I mean? But you've got to keep... It's like producing media, right? you got to have right. content. It's the same concept, man. That the power, me with my prints, bro. I'm just putting my prints out there. A lot of times, I give away. You know, I throw them out. It's just, I just want them in your place. It's, it's, the more I'm out yeah, there... Yeah! That's amazing. That's an amazing yeah. attitude. Because I, I, I had that attitude for a long time. And then I lost it. Um, where I... Because I started to start to make good money and I was yeah. uh, uh I was going to other countries yeah. and I started to focus on my fame and fortune and yeah. so I was turning down opportunities because they just weren't paying enough yeah and I do everything I do everything yeah, and now I do I do everything suck. again I mean it's got to really be pretty sorry for me to say no to you right but I I, I just try to do it and it's tiring dude because I'm just a lot of this shit's not worth me doing money-wise but I just keep going at it because I believe in that, bro. Just, you got to keep putting yourself out there. You got to keep putting active. yourself out there. You just got to be active all the time, man. So I, I force myself to um, 
to do that and become even even like podcasts. I mean, we, you know, we're doing our own. We we got this one called uh, Let's Be Frank, which I got to get you. We got to get you on there. I am like, down. Yeah. I am totally down. And so, and you know, just to do it again, man. Just to fucking. Uh, I, I don't like doing them sometimes, man, because you know I get a little nervous. I get a little. I got to cut out day. <laughs> you know, it's just like ah, people are gonna look at me, whatever. But dude, I'm just like fuck it. You know what I mean? But, I'm you know, always like, like nobody gives a fuck. Nobody, yeah, well, yeah. nobody exactly. cares, Butch. Nobody cares. Exactly. Um, but you know what I'm saying? You, you got to do it, man. We got to do it because we're artists, you know what I mean, in our own right. And we have to fucking, this is part of the job, man. And that's, that's what's leading me into this. We're going to close it up here because I, I don't want to take too much of your time. But um, what do you, what advice would you give someone who looks at someone like you who is making a living, who is living in San Francisco, who is putting out amazing pieces of art. What advice would you give those people? Don't do wanna, it, bro. Don't do, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say, what would you tell your child? What would you tell? You know uh, what, man? Don't do it unless you, you fucking love this shit. You know what I mean? Right. You've got to love it, man. And then that's not even enough because you have to, it's, it's like what you were saying, like you kind of like, we're kind of getting out of it. Or, you gotta you gotta find ways to love it even when you don't when you're tired of it already. You know what I mean? When you when you're done loving it, you when the when the years go by, you know what I mean? That, right. That's, you when you're in the crusty get, part of it. Yeah, exactly. You gotta get through all that. And, and and you know what, man? To me, the real the real G's, like let's say someone like two short or someone someone who was on top, then someone that hits the ground and then lifts himself back up, man. Those are the fools that I that I admire and respect, you know what I mean? The, the, those are the stories that are great too, also. So if you can do that, ma'am, and, and you can, and you, you, you can, and it's, and it's sacrifice. If you're willing to do that, because that's what, love, I mean, that's what, that's what I mean by love and, and not doing it. You, you be ready to sacrifice some things. You gotta love it that much like you would love your own children or something like that, that you're gonna sacrifice everything to find what you love. Because there's too many other people uh, who are willing to do it and who love it. And so you got to be the person who loves it the most. Like you got to love comedy more than anybody. Right. But I got to love art more than anybody. And I, I'm always trying to find new ways to be inspired, whether, whether it's talking to comedians or watching some special or reading some book or, or finding it my own, pulling it out from inside me, man. You, you just got to find ways to, to, to do it, man. And, and you got to be, you got to have grit, man. Diligence. Too, yes. Man. You have grit behind that shit. You, and you gotta be like Joey Vincent. You gotta be a soldier, dude. You better be Straight ready to soldier. soldier. And you gotta get and you gotta get in it all the way. I mean, I know sometimes we have to work and we have to, uh, to to keep the bills going, but but you gotta make all that extra work that you gotta do, even if it's not comedy related or art related or music related. You gotta fund yourself, man. So all the money, even me, when I do make money, it all gets fucking put back into what I do. I'm buying Absolutely. more material. I'm buying equipment to get my shit better. I'm not buying new fucking threads or, or, or buying a new fucking car. It's all going back into like, how do I make this whole Yeah. Thing? And it's got to be integrated into your life and everything else that you do. And you got to be in it. So you can get it eventually all the way. You can be immersed in it completely. And that's where you want to be. Great. And get respected by your peers too. Yeah. Obviously, like you were saying, you're respected by your peers. Joey Diaz fucking gives you a thumbs up, bro. You're the shit. Same thing with me. I got artists like that who like New York motherfuckers, you know what I mean, who are in the, you know, making fucking hundreds of thousands. And I'm not saying that that's not what makes them great, but, you know what I mean, who are in the limelight and who, who know, who recognize, man. And that to me is, that's enough for me to keep me rocking and rolling, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Where, um, all right, man, where can we find you? Like, where, where do you, where, where do you want people to look for you at? If you want to buy some shit, franciscofrancostudios.com, studios with an S. Um, I'm going to be putting some new work, a uh, uh, new, um, shit, a new, uh, a new, uh, some paintings outside of the new Chachos, the parklet, not the new one, but the okay. one downtown, there's a parklet out front. So I'm painting in the walls. We're going to start. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I seen it last time I was there. Uh, I have that new mural that I finished right before the COVID uh, on Mescal on San Fernando Street between uh, Market and Second Street, right okay. behind the Basilica. There, I have a giant mural. We're supposed to bail it. It never happened because of the Basilica. It li I literally finished it right where we we're going to bail it and all that. Right. So, uh, but you can still see that mural on that street. Also, uh, look for us on Lex B. Frank for our podcast. You know what I'm okay all right i'll get all the information from you too and have it yeah. uh printed down below and everything so all right, man. all right man hey uh frankie franco thank you so much for your time i appreciate thank you, you doing this podcast i'm no, honored man we've been wanting to do this for years bro so yeah, well now we're getting things done thanks to the uh, quarantine <laughs> right exactly brother thank you man thank you for me it was a pleasure for me to be on here man wish you all the best of luck and hit me up after let me know what's up I for sure will, my brother. Talk to you later. All right. Take care, man. Stay healthy. Bye -bye. Okay, bye. All right, man.